0: My name is Andranik Eskandarian, and you are listening to Team Meli Talk. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of Team Meli Talk, your source for the latest news on Team Meli, the national team of Iran. I'm your host, Arif Tahari. Glad that you can join us. And for this edition of Team Mellie Talk, one of my good friends is back, Arya Alaverdi of Golbezan. Arya, how you doing, man? Welcome back to Team Mellie Talk. It's great to have you on the show again.
1: How are you doing, man? Good to be back on, Mr. Eftekhari. Hopefully we can discuss what Team Meli got on this week and see what we can
0: speak about. All right, well, let's get right to it. We do know that Iran just played two recent friendly matches against Syria at Azadi Stadium in Tehran and against South Korea in Seoul at the Seoul World Cup Stadium. But let's not forget that this is the beginning of the Mark Wilmot's era for Team Meli, the national team of Iran. All right, Arya. I'm not bringing up the most difficult one, but right off the bat, who was your man of the match for the friendly match against South Korea, the one-one draw?
1: Oh, it was for me. It was Bear Van. I thought he was excellent. Um, I thought he did a lot of um, of good saves to keep us in the game. I think if he wasn't playing, he might have lost it with maybe two or three goals. Um, and I think that for me, on Van is like. The, the only guy who, pretty much the only guy, maybe with Osmond as well, who is pretty much right now guaranteed a, a starting a, a position for Iran. Uh, you know, since the World Cup, he's pretty much, I think, since the World Cup, he's one of the only players who's, who's could really improved more than a, anyone else. Maybe a couple of, maybe Majid Hosseini, for example, Jabzonspor, and Sadar Osmond, who've really, really improved. He's really, really kicked on. You could see before the World Cup, he was making a lot of mistakes, and we were doubting his position. But I think now his position's pretty much um, dead set to, to be a star.
0: And of course, we'll be talking about both the friendlies, but you know, for one thing, the five nothing victory over Syria. I mean, let's let's go back a little bit to World Cup qualification. Syria was one of those was basically that feel good story. Of the qualification campaign, but of course I'll be quick to say that I was glad that they did not qualify. But you know what? Do you what did you get out of that five nothing win for Iran at Azadi Stadium? I mean, I feel like when that happened, you had a lot of Iranian football fans saying things like, "Okay, you know, Wilmots' era starting off perfectly, dominating Syria at home. Mehdi Tarmi had a hat trick. I mean, a lot of good things there. But I mean, what do you think about how Syria played? I mean, I mean, it seemed like they had brought a good amount of their top players, or do you think, uh, in your opinion, was that just one of those friendlies where you say, okay, it was just a friendly at home and glad we dominated?
1: Yeah, I think that uh, for me, it was a a, a different um, perspective to how Iran normally played under Karosh because uh, obviously over the years, even when we played Syria and the qualifiers for the World Cup, uh, we drew 2-2, Um and, you know, we kind of played... No, I wouldn't say even against weak teams. Iran didn't really really play a defensive approach to weak teams under Perros. It was more against Argentina and Spain and Portugal, all the big teams. We were really defensive. But against the weaker teams, we kind of played a little bit um, conservative in the attack. Uh, we didn't really... Um, it was very rigid. It wasn't fluid. It, the players were very stuck to their position jam didn't really have much room to move around what we saw against syria this time on the maybe it was just a thing that he kind of told them to just go go and play maybe it was something that might change but for sure we saw in the game against syria that uh, we played very fluid football a lot of movement in the attacking third by the attacking players Um, a lot of interchanging of positions so Uh, hopefully like that's something that can happen more against weaker teams but um we we didn't we didn't really see that against south korea as much
0: okay now going into the next question forgive me if it might be a little repetitive you know wilmot said that he wanted iran to play attacking football so when you look at those two friendly matches i mean did iran play the attacking football that you enjoyed you know of course against syria and south korea we're talking about now
1: um, against Syria we did we, we showed a lot of that uh, pl- plus we I mean uh, the good thing it was we played two strikers in uh, both of the games we played Ansari Far and Tarim quite close to each other and, and I think that you know, it was a good approach in terms of a lot of the times when, when we had the ball in midfield the, the first uh, option was to play into the strikers you know, and try and build around them at, you know but against South Korea I felt like as much as we did Play attacking football against Syria, against South Korea, we kind of um, we were a bit more conservative in our style. We didn't really um, try and be that fluid, you know, in the attack. The positions were pretty much, you know, rigid, and and everyone was kind of playing in, in their own position most of the time. No one really came out of the position, and uh, overall, it, it was an okay game. It was it was an exciting game for a neutral, for sure. We're neutral it was an exciting game, you know, and I think that Iran had things that they can improve on. Um, Real Mots has a lot of work to do for sure uh, with this team, um, especially with the defense. Uh, as much as Kirsch did really well with the defense over the years, he if he wants to play attacking football like he's saying, he has to then um, introduce almost like introduce them to a high line and see how how they can sort of play it from the back. Um, It's it's something that we really didn't do much under k as much as we we, we could do now with the younger players that we've got. So um, overall, like you say, attacking football, yes, but there's still a lot of work to do.
0: You know, I definitely like the explanation. You know, a a lot, there's definitely a good amount of things to talk about after just two friendlies, and I know a lot of people are going to say, hey, these are just friendlies. But we do know it's going to take time. And, you know, and of course, we're always, it seems like we're always going to be mentioning this that, you know, talking about Iran right now, we're always, there's always going to be ways to bring up Carlos Queiroz. So, you know, in your opinion, look, we know that Mark Wilmots is coaching a Carlos Queiroz team. So, how hard will it be for the Team LE players to adjust to a new style after so many years of Carlos Queiroz?
1: Well, to be honest, um I don't want to say it as if I'm coming across a little bit um rude, but the Iran job at the moment isn't that difficult as much as it would be maybe if it would have been before Kairosh came. It's easier now because of keirosh because keirosh kind of to some extent um over the eight years that he was in charge of Iran, he built the team in a way that it has an identity. It has a way of playing that we kind of resonate with Iranian football now. Uh, we see that sort of fast attacking football, strong defensively, good physicality in midfield. So we kind of know what Iran Iranian football is like. The world has kind of into, been introduced to Iranian football a lot more over the last two World Cups. So the job of Wilmots really, really at the moment, in the first few months, is to first of all, he has to um, understand. Who the best players are? Who are his best players? Who are his best 25, 30 players that he wants to regularly call up? And then maybe five or six more younger players that he might want to bring in once the couple, like maybe like Shojae, Montazeri, get a little bit older and they want to, you know, they they have to maybe leave the team. Who will they get replaced by? Um, and then he has to kind of get that kind of matrix that Kirosh had as well. You know, a good amount of players. That he has at his disposal, and then after that, then he can start to sort of think about how we're going to play because we have a lot of time until the the qualifiers really kick on. You know, we'll play against the sort of you know lower tier Asian teams in the first part of the qualifiers for the World Cup, and I think it's September time, and that kind of those kind of games are pretty much just warm up games for us to kind of understand who our best players are and what kind of system we're going to play with. Um, and then he has a lot of time until I think it's like November. He has a lot of time to sort of build a, a, a unit uh, and a squad that can, that can um, um, you know, unite and and do do the best to qualify for the next World Cup. Uh, but at the moment, at the moment, his job isn't as difficult as it seems. Um, it's just about recognizing who his best players are.
0: All right. Now speaking about some of the best players. Mehdi Taremi had a hat trick in the five-nothing win over Syria. I mean, so what is your overall assessment of Mehdi Taremi? Because if we go back to the World Cup, you know, unfortunately, a lot of fans like to bring up some crucial misses, but at times he could be a very, very effective player for Tina Meli. Yeah, I mean, uh, Taremi is a great player. Taremi is
1: one of those guys who, if I said, I've probably said it before, but he's one of those guys. If if he had gone to Europe he would have been a great player. I think that the problem with him really um, isn't so much that he's a—he's not a good player. He's a, he's a great player. He's got all the physical attributes. Technically, he's pretty good. Um, it's his mentality. If anything, that's probably his downside. Is you know, looks like say, physicality technically is great. Mentality, I, I think, he's kind of lacking in that department because of maybe it's to do with his his upbringing. Maybe it's to do with his educational background. I don't want to, you know, make any assumptions, but it's just things I'm trying to just um, try and, you know, build a sort of narrative around it. But for him, it's his mentality, and, and what does what kind of what kind of um, ambition does he have in his career? Does he want to be uh, a world class striker for Iran, or does he want to just be a regular guy who just gets called up to a national team, makes it to a World Cup, doesn't really do much? And then kind of retires after the after the next World Cup, you know. So um, I don't know. For me, he's not ambitious enough at the moment. He's, if he wants to go back to Paris Police, for example. To me, that's that's you know just shows you kind of what kind of mentality he has and what kind of ambition he has for his career. Um, and it doesn't really. It wouldn't surprise me if Tari in the next two three years. You know, if, if he goes back to Iran and then you have players like Delphi and, and Syed Manesh playing in Europe, if he doesn't get, if he doesn't get replaced by them, I'd be really surprised because they're the guys who are more ambitious than him.
0: And we all know Mehdi Taremi had that one episode a few years ago when, uh, let's call it more like that situation where he was supposed to be playing in Turkey but ended up coming back and, you know, we know how the rest of the story goes. But an, another player I want to talk about, now I'm you know, focusing more on the match against South Korea, the 1-1 draw, and of course, it's more natural to focus on the 1-1 draw because it was away from home and against South Korea. It's never easy to get a positive result in South Korea. Mehdi Torabi had a nice attempt on goal, and he started in that match. I've always liked what Mehdi Torabi could bring to Team Meli. So in your opinion, do we need to see more of Torabi, and do you think he is good enough to play in Europe?
1: We do have to see more of Torabi, especially I think he's better than Vaidemiri for for sure. I think that he's, if you're looking at wingers, I think he's for me better than Vaidemiri. That's probably why he started ahead of him after Vaidemiri got dropped for the South Korea game. Um, but yeah, about going to Europe, I mean, yes, he is definitely good enough to go to Europe. He's got the potential, but it comes back to Torabi as well. It's his, it's his mentality. He has all the physical attributes. He's a tall lad. He's got good technical ability. He can score goals. But, I mean, what's his ambition? Why did he not leave two years ago? He's, 20, he's 23, 24 now. Why is he still playing in Iran? Do you know what I mean? Like, what What's the um, objective in his career? What, what kind of goals has he set himself? For me, athletes, if they want to be top, top, top athletes, they have to set goals that are beyond what they what a regular athlete you know uh, someone who's just basic you know someone playing in the championship someone playing in the league one They have to set high goals for themselves and if he's not doing that i don't know i don't know what, how can you how can you continue to ha- call him up yeah and play him because it's not fair on the guys who are maybe less talented but more ambitious you know so i don't know again it just comes back to the mentality of the player what does he want to do with his career
0: now, focusing on the 1-1 draw with South Korea, from what you saw, what satisfied you most about Iran's performance against South Korea at the Seoul World Cup Stadium?
1: The, um, the South Korea performance, I, it was good. You know, I, I thought that the defense was the only weak link in that. The, the midfield did well. Jalen Bash had a really good first half. He got subbed off in the second half, but he had a really good first half. We were making chances. Like you said, Torabi had a good strong goal. Uh, we were testing the keeper quite often. Uh, Reza Yon and Mild Mahamani were getting forward to, to attack. But uh, defensively, we were struggling. And I think that was mainly down to, um, if I'm honest, you know, I'm not, gonna, I'm not being biased, but if I'm honest, I think it was down to the loss of Majid Hosseini uh, after the, the injury that he got against Syria. Because you can see when Paredi Ganji plays with players that are not as experienced as him, he kind of struggles to, to be a leader he, you know when he was playing with say Jalal Hosseini back in the Asian um, uh, 2015 Asian Cup and you know honors to the, to the you know world cup qualifiers he was a, he was he was struggled when he was playing with anyone else but him you know because he was the, he was not necessarily a leader in the team he was more of a guy he was coming up he was growing and when he became sort of when he was kind of when it was forced upon him by Kirosh to become a leader, he he struggled, you know, a lot over the years. But the only guy he's really been good with is Majid Hosseini. I think that Majid Hosseini kind of gives him that um, that kind of leadership quality that he, he needs to have. Um, and I think Majid Hosseini missed missed this game a uh, kind of at a bad time as well because uh, this game was one of those games that you want Majid Hosseini to play. You want him to play against top teams because he's such a good player and he's playing at a really high level in, in Turkey. So, um, But overall, the performance was good. It was good, and I think that it can just... It, 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 but there's a lot of things that he can work on for the next, the next friendly.
0: Well, unfortunately for Majid Hosseini, he will be out a significant amount of time, if I'm not mistaken, with his injury. So this will obviously be an opportunity for somebody else to step up. And hopefully, whoever that center back is that steps up, you know, hopefully they find good chemistry with Mortaza Purali, Ganji. And you know, now I want to shift gears a little bit, still talking about the games that we that Iran just had, but I'm focusing more on the midfield. And you know, a lot of people have plenty of things to say. You know, a lot of good things to say about Ali Reza Jahanbakhsh, but his, but you know, his season he just had in England with Brighton, it really was not a top notch one. It was very disappointing. And, you know, there's been many times where people like to talk about Ali Golizade. So in your opinion, I mean, is it possible eventually that Mark Wilmots might have this dilemma regarding, you know, who to start, Jahan Bash or Golizade? I mean, in your opinion, can Golizadeh possibly take Jahan Bash's starting job if he's healthy?
1: No, no, yes. I, I think that uh, Jahan Bash and Golizade will become uh, competitors because uh, it's quite obvious who's going to play Uh, Osmond will start Tanemi will start and I think I believe either one of Deja or Khodus will play in that kind of playmaker role maybe not maybe uh, Khodus might play as a winger as well but I think Khodus will play predominantly in that sort of playmaker role and if that happens then you've got Jahan Baksh and Khodus that the only other guys who can play at the moment Jahan Baksh is obviously the more experienced player He's he's played at two World Cups um, I believe two Asian Cups as well. Um, he's played in Europe for a number of number of years, um, so he's got the experience. Yes, he hasn't been regularly playing well for for Brighton and even for Team Ellie, he hasn't been the sort of player that we expect him to be. Um, but he has been scoring goals. He scored a goal against Syria. He scored a couple of goals, or maybe one, one or two goals in the, in the Asian Cup. And he wasn't he wasn't too bad in the Asian Cup, to be fair to him. Um, but what is a there's a top class player. He has something different. He has something a bit special that uh, Jamash is. Jamash is more of a sort of um, well trained athlete who um, acquired uh, technical ability over time in Europe. But Oli is one of those guys who had the technical ability before he even went to Europe, and he kind of, he's kind of building on it now. He's sort of fine tuning it, as you would, as you, as you would say in, in Europe. And I think with him, it's about his physicality. As he, is he's always injured, so he has to try and build that. So it's, it's a really it's a toss up, you know. Jan Bash has really good physicality, very good experience, but maybe lacks sort of lacks the sort of Extra bit of, of flair into his game, but what is it? has that flair, but he maybe lacks a bit of physicality, so it's it's a great um, headache for uh, Wilmot to have. And maybe they can both play together, you know, if Taremi is injured, or maybe a rotation of Taremi and John Bash or something like that. Because you know, if you add Cordus to the mix, you've got you know, uh, about what's that five players, five players who are sorry, four players who are very, very ad- adept of, of play, uh, uh, to play behind the striker, Osmond. So, um, you know, it's a good, good headache to have.
0: And going back to earlier when you were talking about um, Iran struggling without Majid Hosseini of Trabzonspor, well, in that match against South Korea, it was Mortizapur Ali Ganji starting alongside Hossein Kanani Zadegan. I mean, do you feel like he's not the right choice I mean, do you, do you feel like it's, it's going to be tough for him to fill in that void? I mean, who else? Who is another possible option?
1: Uh Todegaun is not a bad player. He's not bad. Like, he's not somebody I'm, like, annoyed to see play. Uh, you know, like, if it was Chesmi, for example, I'd be very annoyed because I don't think Chesmi... I mean, it's, it's that sort of argument that everyone has with Chesmi. Oh, he was amazing against Morocco. But, you know, that, that was one game. You know and that was one game, and I, you know I look at the rest of his matches for Iran. He's been he's been pretty much, you know, pretty awful in in his other games. So I don't, I don't really care if it was Morocco and he was good. If he was bad for the rest of his games, he's not a great player, and he's been playing for Estevolo's whole almost his whole career. It tells me that he's not necessarily a guy who's ready to kind of move and you know develop himself. So. Chase, um, is a good player. There's a couple of players. Uh, obviously, there's the other guy who has been, is Montazeri, who's obviously experienced, but I think he'll probably get sort of uh, thrown out of the team uh, pretty soon, you know, because he's nearly thirty six years old. The other guys that that you can think about to call up for that position, um, uh, there's a player called uh, Iman Salimi who plays for Tehran uh, in Iran. He's been very, very good. Uh, very uh, consistent in the iranian league is he ready maybe you know he, he's also quite similar similar to caroni that kind of physicality <laughs> broad broadness um and you have a couple of guys like uh, danish gary who plays for Estel. he's had a good season for them uh syavashi has who plays for sepahan he's had a pretty good season for them um you know, Obviously, there's, there's Taha Shariati, who uh, always plays for Saipa, but he had, he's been injured for a long time. Can he maybe come in maybe before the next World Cup? So, there's options, but the, the, the issue really comes down to uh, Kairos had to deal with having one young guy as a centre-back. That was Puele Ganji, and he kind of, that, I mean, that was the reason why he dropped Host uh, Jara Hosseini for the World Cup because we we, we had far too many old centre backs. You know, if you watch 2014 World Cup, we had Hosseini, Montazeri, Soderi, and I think it was all Ola So like they were not young. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know when we hear names like Pejman Montazeri, you know we love the work he's done for Team Ellie. But he's getting he's getting a little bit up there in age, and and we know you know we know what needs to be done. So we got to hope it all works out the plan. We're just about ready to wrap up this edition of Team Ellie Talk, but before we do wrap this up, Arya, just wanted to bring up something. Recently, Reza Guchenejad had some things to say about Carlos Queiroz and his you know extra or his, you know his ultra defensive tactics at the two thousand eighteen World Cup. And, of course, he was very disappointed that he did not make an appearance as a substitute. After that, he immediately resigned. I obviously felt that there was resentment. He was upset about that. Now I finally decided to speak up. And, you know, we, we know what he said. He talked about how, you know, he, he even said that experts said that Kero's made a mistake. You know, I obviously wanted to see Gautja come on for at least one or two times because I, I remember you saying he's a poacher. He knows how to get himself in the right place at the right time. So now that... Carlos Queiroz is no longer with Iran. I mean, is it possible that and might make himself available to be called up by Mark Wilmots?
1: Um, no, absolutely not. Um, I don't think so. I don't think that he sh- should be getting called up. I mean, <laughs> the guy couldn't score that many goals in the Austral- Australian league. Do you know what I mean? Like if, if, I mean, you can give as many excuses as you want. You can make so many arguments against it but if you can't score in the Australian league then you should not be playing for any any national team (laughs) I mean literally like what is the point what is the point in even making the argument oh I might come back no you're you're not going to come back and you're not going to get called up you're not going to get called up over Syed Manish who's just scored a goal against Syria you're not going to get called up over Ali Puri who's been fantastic for press release Kovar and and Ansari far to are regularly playing in Europe or well, maybe okay, Kovar is not playing but even him he's at least in Europe and it's just not going to happen for him. Another thing is Guterresa is complaining that he didn't play in the World Cup but I mean realistically um, I don't think that it was necessary for him to play. Yes you could, you, could, you could say that he could have came on against Portugal I don't think that it was necessary I think End of the day, we brought on Ansarifari. Scored for us, you know. So it wasn't like we, we didn't bring on a guy. We brought on a guy he didn't do anything. Ansarifari came on. He scored a penalty. So it wasn't like he was he was just bringing on some random players for no reason. So um, yeah, I don't think he's he's gonna get called up. And well, if he has resentment, that's his opinion. But what he said was was really strange. If you listen if you listen back to it in Farsi, obviously if you translate it, basically what he said was that. Um, uh, obviously, he was speaking about Jalot Hosseini and Jalot Hossein not getting called up. And he, was, he wasn't he was making a lot of sense because basically what he said was, um, in his opinion, Jalot Hosseini, if, he's not, if, he, if he wasn't going to get called up by Kirosh, then one of Kirosh's assistants should have told him that he's not going to get called up rather than Kirosh himself, which literally just makes no sense. Like, me saying it right now just makes me sound dumb. Because I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know why he why he even said that. Like, why would his assistant telling him to, why why he's not called up important? Do you know what I mean? Like, why can't Kairos just tell him and that's it? You know. So, and I think he was. I think that he's the cameras were in his eyes. You know, the camera was in front of him. He had a, a popular journalist speaking to him, asking questions. He got a bit excited. He got a bit um, you know feisty. And he was like, I'm going to say some stuff um, to damage um, our, our old coaches' um, and character. And, and he even tried to like play it off as if he was not doing that. But he, he knew what he was saying. He was not saying things that you would say to someone that you, that you respect. Um, so for me, he doesn't deserve to get called up anyway.
0: All right, Arya, I'd just like to thank you for taking the time to join us on Team Millie Talk. As always... Great to have you on the show again.
1: Thank you very much. That was uh, a good podcast. I appreciate you having me on.
0: All right, everybody. And that is it for this edition of Talk. Once again, just want to thank you all for the support. Make sure you go to our website, www.tmlatalk.com. You know where to find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You know the handle, at Talk. You can also find us on our YouTube channel as well as on Tumblr. And you can also find us on Instagram TV. So do not forget... Thank you, everybody, for joining us for this edition of Timeli Talk. We'll see you next time. Hey, this is Omi Nazari, and uh, you are listening to Timeli Talk.